Well, Mark Few and the staff are looking ahead to 2024, making an offer to a high-level point guard from Julian Strother's high school in Nevada. Do the Zags have a chance here? And why has the recruiting this summer seemed so light compared to previous years? More on that right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. I also want to thank all of you who have continued to make Locked On Zags your first listen of the day. This is the final show of the month of July. I am very, very thrilled that all of you have continued to listen to the show as we are in the midst of the college basketball offseason. It is very much appreciated as well as those of you who have checked out the show on YouTube. We are over 800 subscribers, trying to get to 1,000 before the start of the season. Still plenty of time, but if you are listening to this and you have not done so... Go to YouTube.com, search Locked On Zags, find that channel, and hit that subscribe button. It is very much appreciated. All right, segment one, we are talking about the latest player offered a scholarship by Mark Few and the Gonzaga Bulldogs. That would be six foot one point guard Dedon Thomas out of Liberty High School in Nevada. If that name sounds familiar, it is the high school that Julian Strother attended as well. Of course, Strother was a dominant high school basketball player, one of the best scorers in his class, had really, really significant run as a senior, like so many Gonzaga prospects do, where they seem to pop off later. In their high school career, Gonzaga is always a little bit ahead of the curve with the with regards to many prospects. They seem to find them right before they really start to explode and become very popular on the prospect map, though that was the case with Strother. Unclear if that's going to be the case with Thomas here. Again, he's not. He's a 2024 player, so he's still a few years away from even being a college basketball player. He's already ranked number 38 in his class. That's higher than Strother was ever ranked. That's higher than Dusty Stromer is ranked in the class of 2023. This is a very high-level recruit out of the 2024 class is the point that I'm trying to make here. He's a very, very talented kid, and he's got offers from a lot of programs that really talented kids tend to get offers from. He has offers from Florida, from Houston, from LSU, from three Pac-12 schools in UCLA, USC, and Arizona. I say Pac-12 a bit derisively because two of those schools will be in the Big Ten by the time Thomas is attending college because USC and UCLA have, of course, made the move over to the Big Ten for the future. Uh, it's a really exciting young kid. Again, the the thing that's so interesting about recruiting in a class like that, especially in this era with the transfer portal being what it is and the players having the extra year of eligibility for COVID, that's starting to run out, but there are still obviously a handful of guys who have that year. Uh, it's really hard to know what the future is going to look like. In 2024, Rasir Bolton will not be on the roster. That is, <laughs> that's basically the guarantee that I can make you. I would be pretty darn surprised if Malachi Smith was on the roster at that point. But other than that, everybody could, in theory, be back. My guess is that of the five guards who are expected to play key minutes for Gonzaga this upcoming season, which is Rasir Bolton, Malachi Smith, Hunter Salas, Nolan Hickman, and Dominic Harris, 
there's a good chance none of those guys are here by the time the 2024-2025 season were to roll in. So it could be zero. It could be three. Of course, there will be other players in that conversation. Dusty Stromer, if he's not a one and done, which is something we're not sure of at this point either. Obviously, it's impossible to know. I think that I don't think the expectation is that he's necessarily a one and done. That's usually reserved for guys who are like top five, top 10 in their recruiting class. But of course, it is not only that way. Zach Collins was not a top 10 player in his recruiting class, and he was a one and done. There are countless other examples at other programs of this happening. So it's not out of the question that Stromer has a huge role as a as a true freshman in 2023. It ends up being a one and done, but he will likely be in the mix I think it's possible that one of Dom or Hunter or Nolan is still around, but again, I don't know which one. I don't know exactly. It could be none of them, too. So I wonder how much this is impacting recruited. I mean, obviously it is. I think it would be silly to pretend that coaches are recruiting exactly the same as they always have been, because I think one of the hallmarks of, of what Gonzaga has done such a good job of is really getting players to buy into the system, buying into the program, and buying into the kind of development of players throughout the program. Obviously, some guys come in with the intention of being one and done. So the, the staff wasn't selling Chet Holmgren on, here's where you're going to be in three years. That was not the selling point for Chet Holmgren or Jalen Suggs. And it probably wasn't the selling point for a handful of other players as well. With Hunter Salas and Nolan Hickman, I don't know whether the selling point, I doubt they sold them on one and done because if they did, those two guys probably wouldn't still be here because they would either have actually declared for the NBA draft or they would have transferred out because they felt like they did not get what they came to the school to get. So I'm guessing that there was, again, some buy-in, some understanding of what the role was going to look like. But that's harder to do when the roster change is so significant. Again, my guess, with sticking with Hickman and Salas, because they're a prominent example of, of high-level point guards, which is who we're talking about here in Dedon Thomas, uh, those two guys probably didn't expect that there would be a lot more, as much or more competition for playing time in their second year as there was in their first year. They knew Andrew Nampard was probably going to be out the door, but I bet they didn't expect Rasir Bolton to come back. And obviously, you don't expect a player like Malachi Smith to fall into your lap either. So it's an interesting dynamic. It makes recruiting a lot more challenging. Always, it's always been a challenge to recruit multiple years out. Uh, certainly recruiting in 2024 now is difficult. Uh, I can't imagine exactly how those conversations go. I'm not privy to how a lot of recruiting conversations go in general. But certainly trying to make any level of promise to Thomas on, on what a what a playing time might look like, what a role might look You just can't do that at this point. They might have zero guards. They might have just Dusty Stromer. They might have two or three or four guys back at that point. Of course, there's transfers they will secure between now and 2024, like Rasir Bolton types or Malachi Smith types. And again, those guys could potentially choose to not just be one-year transfers, like the decision that Bolton made. Who knows what Smith is going to do? He would have another year of eligibility were he wanting to take it after this season. So it puts the coaching staff in a, in a bit of a, a more complicated situation, I think, for a program like Gonzaga that has done such a good job of saying, hey, you're a player that, you know, these are the things where we, we like about you. These are the things that we, th we think we can change about you. These are the things, the areas of growth that we can expect from you. And you see it with, with international recruits where they have such a good ability to identify timelines on those guys. Rui Hachimura was a three-year plan, and in three years, he was a lottery pick. 
That is incredible development. DeMontis Sabonis, maybe he was on a longer plan and it only took him two years, but in two years, he was a lottery pick. Like You can turn these guys around quickly if you have the ability to do so, but it helps to kind of be able to map out a framework of what your roster is going to look like year to year. And that is harder than it has ever been before. And I think that 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 is part of the reason I kind of teased this at the beginning, that maybe we're not seeing as many connections to recruits right now. It's no secret that Gonzaga only added one player in the class of 2022, and he was a not top 100 prospect. Now, that is not a knock on Braden Huff at all. I think Braden Huff is a very, very good classic Gonzaga big man. I think he's going to develop into a very nice piece for the Zags in time. But, he, you know, coming off of recruiting classes that included Jalen Suggs, that included Chet Holmgren, that included Hunter Salas and Nolan Hickman and even Julian Strother and Dominic Harris, only adding one player in 2022 and having it be a guy who wasn't as highly touted as really any of those other players were is a bit of a letdown. I understand that it was kind of hard for some people to kind of stomach to, to, to understand how that happened. Of course, looking at Gonzaga's roster, especially now, after we know that Drew Timmy and Rasir Bolton and Julian Strother are all returning and seeing the additions of Efton Reed and Malachi Smith via the transfer portal, there's not any room. There was just not any room. Like if they wanted to add more to that class, they were close to adding Baba Miller before he ultimately decided to go to Florida State. They would have had to take somebody off scholarship. They would have had to do something different in order to even fit him onto the roster. So there's not really any point in criticizing the the size of the 2022 recruiting class when they don't have room for any more. And at this point, there's only one player committed in the class of 2023. That is, of course, Dusty Stromer. But the Zags are in close connection with Xavier Booker, who listed them in his top 10. He's one of the top three recruits in the class. They're in on Caden Cooper, who is participating in the same exclusive basketball camp with Dusty Stromer called Formula Zero, being put on by Damian Lillard. So Caden Cooper is right in the mix for the Zags in 2023. So Stromer's probably not going to be the only piece that they add in 23, but you have to imagine that that's part of the conversations they're having too, is like, how do they tell Dusty, hey, you might be the starting shooting guard with very little competition because Hunter Salas will be in the NBA and Rasir Bolton will be gone and Malachi Smith will be gone. Or you could be in a situation where the only player who's gone is Rasir Bolton and you're battling all the rest of those guys for playing time. Now, that's part of the deal. You have to, if you're going to go play high-level college basketball at a school like Gonzaga, you're going to face very stiff competition for playing time. If players can't handle that, they should look somewhere else to play their college basketball. And that is absolutely an element here. And, and certainly this, the staff is looking for players who are willing to come in and compete and accept like, hey, maybe I'm not going to play for 30 minutes per night as a freshman. Maybe I'll come off the bench. Maybe I'll only play 15 minutes per night. And that's what I loved about a recent article that I wrote at ScoreZag Score. Check that out if you haven't yet. Uh, that was a, an interview from Hunter Salas with a news station in Oklahoma where he was discussing that, hey, I th- it didn't go to plan. My first year did not go to plan. And I think that's a totally acceptable thing to admit. Like, hey, I thought I was going to play more. He didn't say it exactly like that. But like that was the that was the understanding of what he said was, hey, I, I expected that I was going to play more and I didn't. But I learned a bunch. It was a great learning experience for me, and I'm ready to take a huge jump in year two. That is perfect. That is exactly what you want from a kid like that. Because if he was truly frustrated, if he was like really frustrated, he wouldn't still be in a Gonzaga uniform. He'd have transferred or he'd have tried his tried his hand at playing professional basketball. He didn't do that. 
which means that he's willing to, to stay here, to stick it out, to compete, because he, he wants to play more than 13 minutes per game this year, and I bet that he's going to, but he's going to have to earn it, and he knows that, and he's still willing to do that. So for Gonzaga, it's really inten- it's really important to continue to find players with that mentality, with that belief, with that understanding. Efton Reed is a great example of that as well. He committed to Gonzaga before knowing whether Drew Timmy was going to be here or not. That's a huge difference in playing time. If Drew Timmy wasn't here, Efton Reed would be the starting center. He'd be playing probably 25 to 30 minutes per night. He would be a a huge piece of the roster next year. He's still a big piece of what Gonzaga is going to do next year, but I have have an estimate on him about 13 to 15 minutes per night. That's a lot less than what he probably thought when he first committed to Gonzaga, but he didn't have to commit. He could have chose to wait and see what happened with Drew Timmy. He didn't do that. That's the kind of mentality that you want. So that, I think, is a bit of a roundabout way to explain why Gonzaga's recruiting has maybe been a little bit lower in recent years. All teams are having to make these adjustments. Clearly, none of this is just impacting Gonzaga. But I do wonder how much of it is just trying to find the right kids who are willing to to go into a situation that might be a little bit murkier than they would have initially anticipated that might have more competition than than guys who want to be one-and-dones or two-and-dones or want to put up really flashy big numbers in college. Gonzaga may not be the place for that. And so the staff may be trying to adjust to figure out what guys can we find who are willing to be in situations that maybe are a little uncomfortable for them. And that's where, you know, you get players like Hunter Salas who clearly embrace that and are willing to fight through to get the playing time that they think that they deserve. That's the kind of player you want. And if it means you only get one or two of them per year, and if it means it feels like recruiting is a little lower, that's why. And I trust this staff to figure out the right pieces to put together to build championship level rosters year in and year out. We're going to come back in the second segment. We're going to take a look at the two greatest point guards in Gonzaga basketball history, each who signed new contracts overseas in the past week. Before we do that, though, let's talk about bet online. College basketball may be deep into the offseason, but the MLB, WNBA, and MLS seasons are heating up into the summer months. Bet online is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all the latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. They even have lines for coaching changes across every major sport, so even in the offseason, you can get your fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, segment two, still Andy Patton, still locked on Zags. Talking about a couple of Gonzaga legends here in the second segment. We'll start out with Kevin Pangos, one of the greatest Gonzaga point guards in school history. He just signed a new two-year contract with Olympia Milano in the top Italian league. It was a pretty controversial thing that happened with Pangos getting this contract deal. Uh, For those who remember, he was... Uh, Most recently played with the Cleveland Cavaliers after six seasons abroad after graduating from Gonzaga. He has finally made his debut in the NBA. A very cool story uh, for him, 29 years old, to be playing as a rookie in the NBA, finally make it to the top level of basketball across the world. Uh, It didn't go exceptionally well for Pangos. He played in 24 games for the Cavaliers. He averaged one and a half points and 1.3 assists per game. Uh, After that, he was released by Cleveland in the middle of the season because they had some injured guys come back. They didn't need him anymore. 
He ended up signing a contract with CSKA Moscow in Russia right before Russia decided to invade Ukraine and start a war over there. That obviously put his contract in a pretty tenuous position. A lot of players tried to opt out of those contracts, uh, refused to report. Pangos was among them. He did not report to Russia. He was in the United States still. He was hanging out around here. He'd signed this contract. There was a lot of kind of confusion about what it meant, what his situation was. Uh, He ended up taking the rest of the year off from playing basketball. And then there was rumors a few weeks ago that he was looking to sign with Olympia Milano, but that it was not finalized. Uh, It appeared that he was trying to figure out how to get out of his contract in Moscow. That was the big situation. He needed to get out of that deal recently. It was made official that he has signed with Olympia Milano. Again, a two-year contract there. The recent report, and I don't have any detail other than just some tweets about this, but it appears that CSKA may attempt legal action on Kevin Pangos for signing this contract, for getting out of his contract. Again, I'm not privy to all of the stipulations here. What is in his contract, what he and or his agent or representation were able to do to get him out of that contract. It's a pretty sticky situation, unfortunately. Uh, one that's hard to really blame Kevin for. He signed the contract before the invasion had began, before it was clear that Russia was not a safe place to be. He had played in Russia previously in his basketball career and had played there very successfully. Mind you, he played with Zenith St. Petersburg, very, very high-level Russian team. He put up very good numbers there. That's not the only place that Kevin Pangos has played. He played in the Canary Islands early in his career. He played for FC Barcelona in Spain. He played with Zalgiris in Lithuania. Uh, Kevin's been one of the best EuroLeague point guards that has played in the last 10 years. He's been absolutely phenomenal over there. He's had some injury issues, which has been unfortunate. A lot of people were kind of upset when he came to the NBA. They were like, how how does the EuroLeague find ways to keep our best players? Uh, and so it was kind of nice to see Kevin recognized as like a top-tier EuroLeague player. Now he's back. Olympia Milano is a very, very solid program. Italy is a very solid place to play basketball. It's one of the top European countries for basketball. Uh, I'm really hopeful that his contract is able to, to stay Functional, I guess, is the best way to put it, that Moscow isn't able to pursue any litigation in a way that could actually prevent him from playing in Italy uh, because it's always fun to see Kevin Pangos ball out overseas. And I'm very excited that he's back over there, that he's going to have a very successful season, and that he's secured a two-year contract so he doesn't have to bounce around year to year, which is what he's been doing uh, for most of his career up to this point. Next up, Josh Perkins. I said we're talking about two of Gonzaga's best point guards, so we're moving on from Kevin Pangos to talk about Perkins, Gonzaga's all-time assist leader. He just signed a one-year deal with Hapoel Gilboa Galil in the Israeli League, the Israeli Premier League, excuse me. Uh, This is a very exciting contract for Josh. Josh has bounced around a ton since leaving Gonzaga. He spent his first full season away from GU in the G League with the Greensboro Swarm and the Texas Legends. After that, he bounced around for the next two seasons in Poland, in Turkey, in Serbia, in Italy, and in Puerto Rico. He was playing a little bit of everywhere for the last couple of years. Uh, What an opportunity to get to see the country, to see the world, to play in different countries, to kind of get a feel of what basketball is like in a bunch of different places. I'm sure at times it can be tough to go travel all the way to Serbia and play seven games with a Serbian team and then come all the way back and play somewhere else. But it's an experience of a lifetime that many people don't get the opportunity to do. Uh, Perkins was allegedly with Team Friday Beers in the basketball tournament, uh, which is one of the most 
successful TBT teams, uh, but he did not suit up. I don't know whether that was an injury or because he was finalizing contract negotiations in Israel and didn't want to risk injury in that situation. Uh, But now he's got his contract. He's going to play in the Israeli Premier League. Uh, again, uh, good basketball over there. Uh, Israel has always had solid basketball. This is the top league over in that country. I'm very excited to see what he's able to do. And yet another exciting European stop for Josh Perkins. All right, folks, we're going to come back in the final segment, and we're going to give a hearty goodbye to one of my favorite Zags of all time. That is Stephen Gray. Stephen Gray retired after an excellent 11-year career spent mostly overseas. We're going to talk a little bit about that and give him some love on the show to close it out right after this. All right, segment three, still Andy Patton, still locked on Zags, still talking former Gonzaga point guards playing professional basketball overseas. Here to close out the week is an au revoir to Stephen Gray. Stephen Gray was one of my favorite Zags of all time. Uh, He was at Gonzaga while I was there. We overlapped for two years. Uh, For those who don't know, I was at Gonzaga from 2009 to 2013. So got to see a lot of really good basketball in that time. My senior year was Kelly Olynyk's year, the year that the Zags were ranked number one in the country for the first time ever. But for the first two years, while I was at college, Stephen Gray was the man. Matt Bolden was kind of the man year one. Stephen Gray was definitely the man year two. Uh, and he just had such an incredible career in basketball. He's such a fascinating guy. I remember there were so many conversations around Stephen when he was coming out of the, the league and he was pursuing the draft and kind of, is he an NBA player? Is he going to you know stick around? And a lot of people were like, I don't, we don't even know if this guy likes basketball all that much. That was a, a common talking point at Gonzaga was because he was in theater and he did so many other things and he had interests outside of basketball and and just a a fascinating, interesting guy. Now, I think the fact that he played professional basketball for 11 seasons in multiple different countries, pretty clear that he liked basketball. I think that that talking point uh, was pretty quickly put to rest by the fact that he pursued a professional basketball career for over a decade with a ton of success. A reminder about Steven's Gonzaga career for those who don't quite remember how good he was. He played 120 25 games for Gonzaga, made 98 starts, finished his career averaging 11.5 points, 3.5 boards, and just under 3 assists per game while shooting 37% from 3. His best season was his senior year, was the 2010-2011 season, which ended very unfortunately in a loss to BYU in the NCAA tournament. That was Jimmer Mania. That was when Jimmer Fredette went absolutely off. Uh, in that season, I think it was the year or two before BYU actually joined the WCC. So it was back when it was still a non-conference game between Gonzaga and BYU in that NCAA tournament. Uh, but during that season, Gray averaged 14 points, four assists, four boards. Uh, this was a team, he led the team in scoring. This team had four future NBA players on it. In Kelly Olenek, Rob Sacre, Elias Harris, and David Stockton. Yes, a lot of those guys didn't stick around for very long in the NBA, but still, four future NBA players on this roster. Stephen Gray was the team's leading scorer. An excellent season from him. And then he took off and started playing professionally, and he made so many fun stops. He began his career in Latvia. Uh, he averaged 11.5 points and three assists in 14 games. Games for that team, they went 13 and one in the 14 games that he was there. He spent the next season in France with Roanne, averaged nine and a half points there. He actually then spent the next four seasons 
in France, got a lot of experience in a very, very top tier country for basketball in France, spent three of those seasons with Gravelines, one year with Dijon. When he was with Dijon in 14-15, he averaged 16.8 points and 3.1 rebounds. He was in double figures every season with Gravelines as well. He then spent two seasons in Greece with Lavrio, played 31 games for them, averaged about 10 points, 11 games in Croatia during the 17-18 season. The team went 11-0 in the 11 games that Stephen Gray was there, and he averaged 20 points per game. He was very clearly the best player on this team in Croatia, a team that, again, went 11-0 while he was there. So he was one of the best players in the entire country, or at least in that entire league during that season. Moved on to play in Greece after that, spent three years in Greece with Peristeri. The team went 37-20, and and Stephen averaged 13 points per game. As if that wasn't enough traveling for Stephen Gray from 2020 until now, he played in Bosnia, he played in Israel, he played back in Greece, and then most recently he was on the roster for the crossover, which was a Seattle-based pro-am event put on by Jamal Crawford, hence the name Crossover. It takes place at Seattle Pacific University. There was multiple teams, multiple NBA players there. Paolo Bancaro was there. Uh, Jaden McDaniels was there. Uh, Deontay Murray was there. Lots of other very, very high-level basketball players. Stephen Gray was listed on a roster. I'm not sure if he ever actually suited up before the announcement came down that he is retiring. Wanted to take the opportunity to just shout out Stephen Gray, I think, as somebody who who does a daily podcast about Gonzaga, who's now about 10 years removed from my actual time at Gonzaga. Uh, it, It can be jarring to feel emotional about players in a way that I don't think I have done as much as you get farther removed from college. I think that that's kind of understandable that people are more likely to remember players that were there when they were there more fondly or with more emotional attachment than perhaps players who were not there while they were there. Uh, that's why I led with Kevin Pangos and talked a lot about him. He was also there while I was there. Uh, and that's why I gave a whole segment here to Stephen Gray because he's a player who meant a lot to me. Uh, I was for my first ever time being visible on ESPN was during that that season, my sophomore year, Stephen Gray's senior year. On senior night, I held up a sign. It was a the brown side of a pizza board, which is how a lot of people made signs at Gonzaga games. Still do, to this day, make signs that way. Uh, and it just said, wish you could stay, Stephen Gray. That was it. It was not the most creative sign that I think has ever been in the kennel by a long shot. But it got on ESPN, and I got blown up with texts while I was hanging out at the Gonzaga library that, hey, you were just on ESPN, you were just on ESPN. So I have that attachment to Stephen Gray uh, and his his final moments at Gonzaga were something that were a big moment for me as well uh, in a very, very different way. And so I want to give a shout out to Steve, uh, an excellent basketball career, not just at Gonzaga, where I think he is a little bit underappreciated as an all-time great Zag, uh, but also an 11-year career overseas in multiple different countries at the highest levels of European League basketball, where he continued to be a winner. He continued to be a high-level scorer, a high-level shooter, uh, Tremendous accomplishments to whatever is next for Stephen Gray. I'm sure he will be very, very successful. And I hope that Gonzaga fans get an opportunity to see what that is because he is very, very loved in this community. All right, that is going to do it for me today and for this week. Uh, Just as a programming note, the podcast is going to drop down to three episodes per week in August and September. It is the quote-unquote off-season for Locked on Zags, but there's still going to be a whole bunch of excellent content, still three episodes per week, still got some really fun guests already lined up for the coming weeks. So check that out right here on the Locked On Zags podcast, available wherever you get podcasts, available on YouTube as well. Check it out there if you haven't done so yet. 
Finally, thank you again for making Locked On Zags your first listen of the day. Locked On WCC doesn't exist yet, but you can get more informed on the West Coast happenings by making Locked On Pac-12 your second listen of the day. Host Spencer McLaughlin and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Pac-12 in 30 minutes, five times per week. All right, thank you all for listening, and go Zags.